Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to episode, we will look at what we can understand about God's timing for answering our prayers and how to cooperate with Him to move them along a bit more quickly. God's timing can be a real mystery, especially when we know from Psalm 90, 4, a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. But there's something really important about God's timing that I wanted you all to understand today in this episode. There are many times when you're waiting on God to act when he's actually waiting on you. So today, I really wanted to make sure you understood when those kinds of times might be in your life. The first and most important lesson you learn in Christianity is that your journey with God is about partnership and cooperation. He has his job to do, and you have your job to do. In many cases, understanding your part is very helpful in moving along God's timing. I decided to do our biblical research on the word now in the Bible. It is nuni, and it means not like before or contrasting to what was before, immediately, presently. I've included a resource that has more than 100 verses that include the word now below this episode of the pattyej.podbean.com site. These are clues to things in the New Testament that are already true, contrasting the Old Covenant with the New Covenant. Here's just a couple of them so you have a sense that if God has already taken care of something, then you don't have to wait on him to take care of it now. You simply need to realize it and agree with God about it. Here are some examples in the Word of what I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Believers have the Holy Spirit indwelling in their hearts, which automatically brings healing, freedom, and power capability in you. So catching up to this now reality is part of understanding what you already have. Romans 6.22 says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. So if you're not living in freedom, there's something you need to see, understand, agree with, repent, change, and step into because that freedom is already there for you. God has already taken care of it. He did his part when he sent the Holy Spirit. And when the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Ephesians 2.3 says, But now in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So if God feels far away, that feeling is not coming from him, because by the blood he is near. God's commands in the Bible indicate more about his now timing. When an action verb begins a sentence in the Bible, such as in this example in Isaiah 1.18, where it says, 
Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. This is saying that the moment of salvation exists at any time. The minute you catch up to him calling you, he is right there to take care of your sin and give you salvation. The biggest takeaway that I got from the Bible research of the word now is that it shows you in so many ways what Jesus bought for you by dying and resurrecting. That means you have it already. You don't need to beg God for it, and you don't need to look for it. You have already received it when Jesus became your Savior. You have the indwelling Holy Spirit who comes with all the freedom, healing, power, and love that you will ever need. This reminds me of a line in the Misty Edwards oracle song called, I Knew What I Was Getting Into When I Called You, where she says, Why are you trying to get into a room you're already in? The lyric really makes this point. If you know what you have already because of what Jesus has already given you, you don't need to find it or beg for it. You just need to learn how to cooperate with it and live it out. Jesus has already done his part. You need to figure out what's your part. Finding the conditions for God's promises and obeying them is your part. Let's look at an example in 2 Chronicles 7.14. And my people who were called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek, crave, require as a necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. This verse is as relevant now as it was when it was penned back in the Old Covenant days because the Lord is showing us what the conditions are for him to heal our land and forgive our sins. So let's look at what he's saying is required. We learn in this verse that the Lord's heart is to forgive our sin and heal our land. That's his part but he's waiting on us for us to do our part. People are praying, begging prayers for God to come and heal our land when he's giving very clear instruction in this verse what is required for us to do so he will do that. First notice that this verse is for believers and not non-believers because it begins with, if my people, my people, who are called by my name. This tells us that we are responsible to turn the nation and not the unbelieving people that are leading it away. It's our responsibility. So you can blame the bad guys for why things are the way they are, but it's actually up to us to fix it. We learn that right away from this verse. Then the verse gives us four specific conditions. We must humble ourselves, pray, seek God in a deep way, and turn 
from our wicked ways. Those are four direct commands. As a nation, we're beginning to see that happen, and we're beginning to see God move. The more of God's people that actually do this, these four conditions, the quicker we will see God come and take care of this business. How do we know this? Because he is a promise keeper. When we do our part, he must do his part because he cannot deny himself or any promise that he's made in the word. That's our job to do that. And then we'll sit back and watch him show up. These four conditions are handy for your everyday walk with Jesus, not just for this case or the nation. You must be willing to humble yourself, pray according to God's will and not your own. Seek him with all your heart. Turn from anything that is getting in your way or hindering you, and then he'll show up. The two most minimal conditions in the Bible are for us to listen to him and obey. There are many, many commands in the Bible that have other conditions connected with them, and he lays them out and how he wants us to cooperate with him. As a professor reviewing the work of students that are hearing God's voice directly about their own lives and issues, one common heart cry that I see the Lord speaking is, won't you allow me or won't you let me? He wants to do his part. He wants to heal you. He wants to direct you. He wants to love and encourage you. And he wants to supernaturally bless you. You just need to do your part, the listening and the obeying and the going after his heart and listening, paying attention and communicating and encountering him. You just need to do your part to receive that stuff. He wants to do that for you. And he can't help himself if you meet your conditions. So one of the biggest barriers is that people don't know how to properly pray. They begin with themselves and what they want, and they pretty much tell God what they need him or want him to do, and even tell him when they need to have it done by. And that is just not how prayer works. That's not how it works. What we need to do is agree with God and pray according to God's prayers. How do we do that? I'm going to go into in a very important teaching about how to pray without an idol in your heart and what it looks like when you do pray with an idol in your heart. One is to pray properly and the other is improperly. And what are the consequences of that? We're going to talk about that now. We learn the lesson about praying with an idol in your heart in Ezekiel 14, 1 through 6. And what we learn through this verse that I'll share in a minute is that sometimes your prayers are actually causing the delay. If you pray improperly, things will always take longer and not exactly work the way you expect them to. So it's important for us to learn this lesson. Ezekiel 14, 1 through 6. Some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat in front of me. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, These men have set up idols in their heart and put wicked stumbling blocks before their faces. 
Should I let them inquire of me at all? Therefore speak to them and tell them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. When any of the Israelites set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go to a prophet, I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. I will do this to capture their hearts of the people of Israel who have deserted me for their idols. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, repent, turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. Ezekiel could see that the Israelites were praying with stumbling blocks and he wanted to know if God would even bother to answer such a prayer. The Lord replied that he would answer their prayers, but in light of their idolatry. Why? So he could teach them lessons that would recapture their hearts to him. God wanted the very best for them, and he wanted them to repent for this practice and pray differently. So what does that mean for you and me? I will include some diagrams to help you visualize what I'm saying here on this episode of pattyej.podbean.com site. Picture a person kneeling down in prayer in front of a large wall. A large wall represents the issue or the problem that they're praying about. On the other side of the wall, there's a small Jesus. And below the wall, you see the words know and grow. Because this person has made the problem or issue bigger than Jesus, they can't see that he's there. The person's eyes are fixed on the problem. It is the stumbling block before her face. Anything that you make bigger than Jesus is an idol and is a stumbling block. Even good things can become idols or stumbling blocks, like worrying about your kids, your spouse, your finances, your job, your ministry. Making anything bigger than Jesus will get you in trouble. When you make your issue bigger in your mind and speak it out loud, you give the enemy the chance to make it a stronghold in your life, and you give God the opportunity to teach you some lessons. Lessons from God are loving discipline that will help you grow closer to Him. Going your own way always takes longer, is more painful, and is more stressful. I will say that part again. Going your own way always takes longer, is more painful, and is always more stressful. Notice then when you're praying with an idol in your heart, God will often answer, No, his refusal may be because you're not praying according to his will. You're praying what you want to have happen and when you want to see it happen. That is beginning your prayers with you and not with God. Remember, God is the omni-God who knows everything, including what is in your best interest at all times. You may be praying to get this job you think you really want, and then you didn't get it. You may have thought this job was the best thing for you, but God has a better plan if he shut the door. Or he may say no because you're not ready for his best blessing. 
Many pray to win the lottery because they assume that getting rich will solve all their problems. But winning the lottery when you're not fully surrendered to God can be a curse. And he will say no. Again, if you're praying what you want and not what God knows you need, he can say no. Sometimes God answers idle prayers with grow. You may need to mature in your faith before you're ready to receive this prayer's answer. He may want to give you what you prayed for, but his timing is perfect and he knows what you'll need to be ready for that blessing. God's favor also invites spiritual warfare, and if you're not ready for that blessing, it can hurt you and take you down. Can you think of a time where God needed you to learn something before being ready for his yes? Is there a situation in your life that you can relate to as one that you may be praying an idol through? Now let's look at what it looks like to pray without an idol in your heart. Now you see a picture of a person praying, knelt down, and the issue is a small box laid at Jesus' feet. He is much bigger, and the person and Jesus can see each other eye to eye and heart to heart. Hebrews 12.2 instructs us to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. He can see you eye to eye too. He's not looking at you through your idol or stumbling block, and neither are you. Here you remind yourself and Jesus that you know who he is and what he can do or has promised relative to your issue. You listen to his voice for the conditions of the promises and you surrender your will to his greater will. You choose to be content no matter how things turn out because you trust that God has his best interest for you whether you understand what's going on in the natural now or not. The two words below this diagram in this circumstance are go and slow. Often the answer to idle free prayers are yes, because you are praying in agreement with God's ideal prayer and not your own. Praying this way indicates that you are ready for God's blessing. And if all the other conditions and factors are met, God will simply move you forward. You are agreeing with him, and he can trust you with this blessing. Sometimes God's answer is slow because there are other people, circumstances, and conditions that affect the timing of this answer. The timing for answered prayers is God's domain, and he is the omni-god, factoring so many simultaneous factors that you may not understand or realize. Many complicated factors must line up for an immediate yes, and you may not understand why things seem to be taking so long, but God is never late, and we need to trust him in all areas because he is trustworthy and true. Praying this way will help your faith rise as you wait upon the Lord. Being able to discern God's will for you is the key to really know that you are praying in agreement with his prayers. 
Teaching you how to do this is the entire point of the Experience Jesus podcast and book series. Always ask Jesus what his will is in every matter that you bring to him for prayer and test what you hear from him against the word, his nature, character, and promises. Then ask him, what is your part to play? What are the conditions you need to meet for him to show up with his healing, his direction, or his provision? And then make sure you obey those conditions. Here are some clues that you may be praying an issue through an idol in your heart. Your prayer begins with your worry or anxiety about the issue. This is a clue that you see the concern as being bigger than God. Another clue is that you tell God the desired outcome you have for the issue. This is a clue that you have not surrendered your own will to the circumstance and you are praying what you want to see happen. And then the third clue is that your focus is limited to natural limitations rather than on God's supernatural ability. If your prayer focuses on an impossibility of a circumstance, it reveals either disbelief or unbelief. You must remember to begin with God and his perspective if you're going to pray in agreement with him. One thing I've learned is that God does not like when we ask him when questions. I believe this is because we would have a temptation to make that timing itself an idol. And if you ask for a specific date kind of question, sometimes the enemy likes to answer you so that when that date and time pass without your answered prayer, he can say, see, now God can't. So don't ask that kind of question. It opens a door for the enemy to actually speak into your life. However, sometimes God will give you a date. If it's unasked for and comes from him, it will happen accordingly. I've had two occasions where he told me that something would happen on a specific day, and it did or that he would show up as the miracle worker during the taping of that class, and he did. It still took me a few days to realize that he did show up on the day he said he would, but he did. And I've never asked him to give me a date or urged him to do anything else myself, but have trusted him when he said that he would. For example, when he said that everyone that showed up to the Oregon workshop would receive a breakthrough, they did. They may not have realized it until a couple days later, but they got their breakthrough because that was a promise. So I urge you not to ask him those kind of specific date-related questions. And I've also noticed, and I'm sure that you have as well, that God's definition of soon is not the same as mine and yours. But you can still trust him in the waiting and continually ask what you need to learn or do while you wait. Knowing God's direct will and meeting his clear conditions does actually cause faith to rise as you wait upon the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising toward the sun, They will run and not become weary. 
they will walk and not grow tired. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in a special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After you've spent some time posturing your heart and playing with Jesus in your special place, ask him, what am I waiting on you for that you're waiting on me for? And show me the conditions for the promises that you have for me in the area that I'm asking about. Allow Jesus to show you whatever he needs to about this issue that you're putting before his feet. See what it would take for him to say go or slow in the circumstance so you can pray without an idol in the heart. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. I hope you learned how to pray a little more powerfully today in this episode and gain more understanding about how God's timing works for the things that you're believing for. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.